Hello and welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for our new series, Kingdom Culture, as we look into what it means and looks like to live and serve from the culture of God's kingdom. I love the Bible. I don't know if you guys know that, um, but I love the Word of God, and I just happen to believe that um, it is the clearest way in which God has ever communicated to us. Um, outside of when Jesus himself was here, which is recorded in scripture. So that's why I like to give it honor. Um, And so Jesus, I just pray that we can just receive this word. Mark chapter 9, verse 30, it says, They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They didn't understand and they were afraid to ask him. Verse 33, it says, so they came to Capernaum and when he was in the house, Jesus asked them, hey, on the road over there, what were you guys arguing about? But they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and he said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. I want you guys uh, to help me share the title this morning. Can you guys help me? So I need you to turn to the person next to you, look him, look him in the eye and say, it's not. Now you got louder than that. Say, it's not about me. It's not about me. Come on, can we clap our hands for Jesus this morning? Thank you so much, worship team. It's not about me. It's not about me. Anyone happy to be in church today? Anyone excited to be here? Come on. We, uh, we're beginning a new season um, here at the church. Uh, I know mo- most of you guys know that we are in the kind of the midst uh, of a building project. Uh, we're building our new church home. Come on, somebody. Is there anyone in the room excited for that? So, man, that's going to be so good, and we're so excited for that. But as we kind of move into our new church, into our new season, it's there can be a whole lot of new. New church, new space, new season, new day, new worship day, new worship time. It's going to be amazing. However... With all of the new, there's going to be some things that will not change. And one of the things that will not change is who we are as a church. We here at Kingdom Church have a core DNA. And our core DNA is pretty simple. We exist to lead people into a real relationship with Jesus. That's why we're here. We're not here for any other reason other than to try and lead people into a real relationship with Jesus. And we always say that we will do whatever it takes in order for people to see Jesus. And so I just believe um, right now I'm on assignment I kind of teased it last week, and and this often happens. I know people that, you know, get close to to me, whether it's media or worship. They're kind of like, Harrison, like, what's next? Like, give us the next sermon series, and let's create a fancy graphic. And so I gave them the next sermon series that I was going to preach. And then the Lord said, no, that's not what you're going to preach. And I said, okay. 
Um, and so I say that to say um, I'm on assignment from the Lord to share with you guys what I believe he wants us to share. And what's funny, it's, um, it's currently June 2022. Welcome to June uh, 2022. Uh, but I was actually on the same assignment June 2018. And I was not up on this stage, but I was in my basement, um, and we were in the early stages of what would become Kingdom Church, and I was on assignment that day um, in 2018 in order to share with our then team who we were going to be as a church. And I just believe I'm on the same assignment today because with all of the, the new that has happened in the new church, the new service times, all those things, it's going to be amazing, but we need to understand who we are as a church. And so the series, if, if you guys can see, is just called Kingdom Culture. For the next, really the rest of the month, we're going to be diving into kingdom culture, answering this simple question, who are we? Who are we as a church? Who is Kingdom Church? What is our culture? What is our DNA? And it's funny because like, um, I told you guys that I was on assignment, Lord changed my plans. Um, a, a number of us went to a conference in Calgary this week uh, church conference, and um, it was funny because like that, that conference, um, I went to that same conference in 2018, and I went with a group of people, lovely people from our team, and I told them that in 2018, when Christy and I went to this conference, my wife and I, it was just us, and um, it's all about, you know, church and starting a church, but at that time, uh, the church and how I envisioned it, um, it was really just shapes, because like, you guys know when you vision stuff, like, it's just kind of, it's not clear. Like, you know what it is, but it's not clear. And so I told the guys that came with us four years later, I said, you guys are some of the shapes that I couldn't see back in 2018, but I can see today in 2022. And I say that to say that you guys sitting here today are some of the actual faces that I could not see back in 2018, but I see you here in 2022. And it's just crazy to think. And I feel right now that I have more shapes in my head for like 2026 and where God's taking us in the future. And so I really just feel like I need to prepare us for what God's about to do because there's some shapes that God's about to make clear. Because as we move into this new space, I want you to understand God's about to do some things. Um, I said it a couple weeks ago. I said this church is not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. If you're looking for a cruise ship, bye, Felicia, you're in the wrong place. We're a battleship. Now, some of you guys are like, oh, Harrison, like, battle? Like, what do you mean battle? Like, I'm just like, you guys are serving coffee. There's no battle going on here. But I want you to understand something. We as a church, if we exist to lead people to Jesus, what you need to understand is that we have an enemy. And we have an enemy that does not want people to come into authentic relationship with Jesus. And so as we take ground, as we continue to take ground, the enemy is going to push back against us. Now, Jesus, speaking to Peter in the New Testament, he says it like this. He says, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. You're the rock I'm going to build the church on, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus. But what we don't understand is there's two promises. We like the, first, the second promise, that the gates of hell will not prevail, that Jesus will be victorious. But we kind of miss the first promise. The gates of hell are coming. They're coming against us. Why? Because we're about to do something in St. Albert that is going to forever change this city. And the enemy don't like that. But guess what? We're storming hell. I said we're going to hell. You can clip that. 
it's going to sound real weird, and we're going to hell. <laughs> to bring people back for the kingdom of heaven. And so I just feel like I want us to understand who we are as a church. Because um, we can get, you know, like rowdy, rowdy, like, come on, come on, come on, come on. But we need to understand who we are. Because who we are is what's going to unify us. And so my hope really in this series is that we be unified. Why? Psalm 133 says it like this. It says, behold, and I want King James for you guys. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Shout that out, in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edges of his garment. It is the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Here's the part I want us to see. For there, listen to this, where there is unity, for there the Lord commands the blessing. Life forevermore. Here is the truth. When we are united, God has to bless us. He can't help it. He wants to bless us. Why? Because we are united in mission for him. We're not, it's not, you're not united about the sports teams we cheer for. That's not what gives us the blessing. Not united about what we believe politically. Not united about what we believe about X, Y, Z. It is, we are united on the mission and the message of Jesus. And as a church, if we are united on the mission and message of Jesus, the Lord will bless. And so for the rest of this month, much like June 2018, I want to unite us in order that we can go conquer the places and the dark spaces that hell previously held captive that is going to find hope in Jesus. So I have a thought, super simple um, for this whole series. It's just this. Alignment is more important than assignment. Alignment is more important than assignment. What that means is it doesn't matter so much what we do, but are we united, are we aligned as we do it? And so, listen, listen, I got really good news. Can I share good news? This series, I think three weeks. After three weeks, because we're sharing who we are as a church, where we're going, what we're doing, you're going to know who we are. Here's the good news. If you don't align, you can leave. No, that's good news. I'm giving you a freebie. If this church is not for you, you can leave. And guess what? I say it not callously because we are four other churches. Listen, we at Kingdom Church do not exist in a bubble. There are amazing churches in St. Albert, in Edmonton, surrounding areas that are also taking ground for the kingdom. And maybe you align better with them than you do with us. And if you align with them, you will take more ground with them than you will with us. But I caution, can I caution? If you're on like your fourth church in five years, the problem may be you. I'm just preaching today. And really, if you feel like, man, there is no church for you, I think that this message is going to be really practical. Um, and I hope, I really hope everyone stays because I think we've got a great mission. And um, I just want to align us. Does that make sense? And I just believe, man, if we can be a generous church, if we can be an accessible church, and if we can strive for excellence, the, the spirit of the Lord will bless us and do more than we could do ourselves. So we have three core values, um, two of which have been since the beginning. The third core value, I've actually just recently kind of updated the language. I'll get to that in three weeks. But today, I want to hit on our first core value, um, which is generosity. Generosity. So 
Uh, Gospel of Mark. And I'm going I'm to preface, uh, if you're on our team and all this stuff sounds new, uh, if not, we teach it in Growth Track. Um, and if you forget it, come to Growth Track. You can, you can even redo it. So, Gospel of Mark, we're getting a sneak peek, peek into the moments between Jesus and his disciples. Uh, Mark chapter 9, again, it says they left the place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. And he said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant, and they were afraid to ask him about it. So I want to break this down. Jesus here in this moment, he shares literally the gospel. He says, hey, I'm going to die for you, but in three days I'm going to rise again. If you do not know this, I'm here to tell you that our faith is centered around the cross of Jesus. And it is here that he explains it. I'm going to, and, and the Gospel of Mark, just some background, it's, it's really concise. It's the shortest of the Gospel. Mark's got places to be, people to see. So he doesn't share a ton of details. And so I'm sure Jesus probably even added a little bit more. But what Mark shares is all that is relevant. Jesus shares the plan, the crucifixion, the passion, as we call it. And then he says, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. Have you guys ever been in a place where, like, and maybe it's here, like I said something, <laughs> um, or just somewhere, and you didn't get it? And you were afraid to ask? Come on, we've all been here. Have you guys ever been somewhere, and you didn't get it, and you pretend that you got it? We've all been there, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Aluminium, I know exactly what you're talking about, right? But it's funny because, like, when someone says something and we don't understand it, how come we don't ask questions? Now, really, there's a truth. The reason we don't ask questions is because a lot of times we're kind of embarrassed. Because maybe we feel like we should get it. Or we should understand it. Or maybe we feel stupid. I don't want to feel dumb. But at the end of the day, here's what I want to understand. When there is something, and I always say this, the dumb people are not the ones that ask questions. They're the ones that don't ask questions. <laughs> Those are the real dumb people. But at the end of the day, the reason that we do this, it comes down to one word and one word only. It's pride. It's just my pride. The reason that I won't ask the question is because I'm too proud. You see, what's interesting is that the, the disciples were too proud to ask Jesus what he meant. And what happens, and if you guys know the story, Jesus is crucified. And when he's crucified, not one of the disciples has any idea that he's going to rise again. And so I want us to understand something about pride. Because when Jesus died, for the disciples, it was devastating. Because they had no hope. Because they had not clarified or asked Jesus to clarify what he said. And so what I've realized is that pride always produces pain. You can write it down. Pride produces pain. They were too proud to ask Jesus what he meant. But I want us to see what happens next because it's very uh, interesting as well. Mark chapter 9, it says, They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, Jesus asked them. So right after Jesus teaches, they go for a walk. And the disciples are arguing. And so Jesus says, hey, what were you guys arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was 
the greatest. So this is important. I want you guys to continue to write things down. If you don't ask the right questions, like if your pride won't allow you to ask the right questions, I want you to understand this. Inevitably, you'll begin to ask the wrong questions. Because they didn't ask the right question to Jesus, and so they start asking the wrong questions, i.e., who's the greatest? It's so ironic because Jesus is talking about the cross where literally he was humiliated. He poured himself out for us. That's what he's talking about is his humiliation. And right after that, the disciples begin to talk about their glorification. I can imagine the boys on the road. Like, oh, you think you're great, Peter? But you don't give like I do. Well, you can't speak like I can speak. Well, you're not as hospitable as I am. I think, I think I'm the greatest. Now, I told you guys I'm talking about kingdom culture, and I am, and I'm going to get to generosity. But here's the thing I want us to understand is that kingdom culture, and when I say that, not just like kingdom church culture, but like the kingdom of heaven, kingdom's culture will always be at odds with the world's culture. It's always going to be at odds with our culture. You see, whether you know this or not, we live in a very, very prideful time. We live in a time and a space and a season in a life where people are all about themselves. People need to know how great I am. People need to know all that I've accomplished. But the culture in the kingdom of Jesus is at odds with that culture. And so in our culture guide, which we have here at Kingdom Church, generosity is broken down into three subcategories. And the very first thing we say when it comes to our church, who we are, we say it simply like this. We say Jesus is our center. It all revolves around him. Jesus is our center. It all revolves around him. Now, I've, in the last four years, I've edited our values a little bit, changed words, so on and so forth. This is the one value I've never changed. Jesus is our center. It all revolves around him. Why? Because Jesus died for you. It's all about him. Why? Because on the cross, love was personified. Christ showed us. If, if you're sitting here, man, like, I don't really know, like, what Jesus thinks about me. Like, if there is a God, what does God think about me? I'll tell you what he thinks about you. He loves you so much. As the song says, as Claire so beautifully busted out, he did not want heaven without us, so he brought heaven down. The word, Jesus, became flesh, and he dwelt among us. Why? Because he loves us. That's how he felt about us. And so the reason that he is the center of this church, the center of our lives, the reason everything revolves around him is because he's the only one that has given everything for us. There's no one else. One of the things I have said since the very onset of this church is that if you are here for any other reason other than Jesus, it won't last. Listen, if you love the coffee, like I'm just here for the coffee. I've never been to a church that gives coffee. It won't last. It just won't. If you're here because the music sounds really good, it won't last. I say to people, if you're here because you like me, thank you so much. <laughs> but it won't last. Pastor, I just love the preaching. Listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that good to build your life around. Nothing we do in this church is good enough to build your life around. We don't build around, our lives around a person. 
We don't build our lives around programs. We build our lives around Jesus. He is our center. The very heart of our generosity is rooted in the fact that Jesus is our center. I was telling um, some of our, our interns, or maybe I was just telling Chase, I don't really remember, but um, I said one of the things is this. Whatever reason you came here, if it's not Jesus, will be the reason you eventually leave. I'll explain it like this. If you came here because you like my preaching, that's the only reason you came, the reason you one day leave is because of my preaching. If you came to this church because you're like, man, I came from a really big church that was so unwelcoming, the reason you'll leave this church is because you'll feel like it's too small and clicky. I said it like this. I kind of quoted the Joker from Batman. I said, you'll either die the hero or you'll live long enough to become the villain. It's as simple as that. Because church was never meant to be built around people, programs, places, anything other than Jesus. He is our center. And so when I talk about kingdom culture, that's it. We have three core values, nine subpoints. None of them matter if we do not get this first one. Jesus is our center. Um, Christy and I, we were driving around last week. We had to go pick something up from Edmonton. And we're, we're true like St. Albertans these days because uh, like, we don't go to Edmonton very much anymore, that dirty place. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we were driving last week and uh, just to go pick something up. So it kind of took us on a route that I hadn't been on in a number of years. And it was a route that like, I think was really a God thing because it kind of brought me down memory lane. Because uh, I was driving and I passed like the Edmonton Public Library. If you guys don't know, uh, we've never had a church office. Still don't have a church office soon. Um, and so like when the church started, like I would literally write my sermons at that Edmonton Public Library. And so it just kind of brought me back. There was a church called People's Church that I drove by. That's where I used to meet our very first bookkeeper to drop off the offering, like when people gave offering in my basement. And so as I'm just driving through these places with Christy, my mind is just going, and I'm getting flashbacks to, like, the start of our church. Now, I want you to understand every person that's been part of this team has always given it their all. We were small. There wasn't a lot of us. We've always given it our all. But it's funny because I look back, and I'm like, if I could talk to other people planting churches, I would just say, hey, listen, if you're going to do 52 services a year, make sure your team has, like, more than, like, 10, 15 people because it's a lot. But I was young, dumb, naive, um, and I just was thinking back, and Christy and I were talking, and, like, there was literally services where, um, like, it's Friday night, and, like, we had no one playing worship in the morning. Like, what are we going to do? And uh, there was just times, and I'm going to be honest, like, I'm, I'm really proud of our church, but there's times and services and seasons where, like, maybe it wasn't amazing. Uh, there was one time, like, literally the whole sound system shut off. Some of you guys might have been there. Just me yelling, Right? <laughs> And uh, I look back, and I'm by no means an expert now in anything church-related. I wasn't an expert then. And I just I said to Chris as we were driving, <clears throat> I said, Chris, like, how come our church didn't die? Like, how, how did we make it this far? Because, like, if those, like, humble beginnings didn't kill us, like, COVID certainly should have. We've been alive for a year and a bit. And all of a sudden, like, the church is now online. Like, people are, people are going to give still. People are going to care still. Like, they can go watch Elevation and Hillsong. Like, why do they want to watch Kingdom Church? But I just had this moment that the Lord took me on as we were on that drive. 
And it was just pretty simple. The reason we're still here is because Jesus builds his church. That's it. That's it. The reason we're here is because Jesus builds his church. We're not here because of anything y'all have done. We're not here because of anything I have done. We are here because of Jesus. That's it. He's the center. I just, I I was at the conference this week, and I told you, man, just the Lord was depositing things. And I'm just going to write, share with you guys one of the things that Jesus said to me um, this last week. He said it like this. He said, you didn't start the church. You're not growing the church. You're not going to finish this church. It's all me. Is I'm just a worker. Listen, you hear, you're just workers. We say every member is a minister. Everyone's just a worker. Jesus is the center. And so listen, here's what I really felt like I had to do. This was the biggest U-turn. My message didn't change a whole lot, but here's the biggest thing I had to do. The Lord said, go in front of your church and repent. Me personally, I'm here. Listen, I'm here to repent to every single person in this room. Because I say to everyone, Hey, don't make the church about me. Don't make it about people and so on and so forth. But there are times when I truly believe in my spirit that God needs me. That how well we do rises and falls on me. I've done stupid things. I'm just going to share it. I had shoulder surgery on a Friday. I came to church the next day. That was stupid because I believe that the church needs me. And so I'm here to repent. Because the church does not need me. Jesus does not need me. This place will go on so well after me. The church of Jesus has worked for 2,000 years before me. And so I'm just here to repent and say I'm sorry to all of you for believing that I had anything to do with anything. It's all Jesus. And so as I repent, I just feel like, and I know this is kind of like an end of the message appeal. I'm not done, so. (laughs) I just feel like God wants us as a church, if there's anyone in here that believes the church is about them, I believe that God is asking all of us to come into a time of repentance. Pastor Ryan was here a number of weeks ago, and he shared a very timely message, and he talked about holiness. He said, God will bless this church once we embrace personal holiness. Personal holiness is built upon repentance. And so if you've ever came to this place and said, man, you know what, like that message was just for me, didn't speak to me, I don't like the music, for me, me, me. If you've ever made anything about you, I want you to join me in a time of repentance. Is there anyone in this place that wants to repent this morning with me? I would just love, you can just close your eyes. It's weird, middle of the service, you want to repent. Jesus, we're sorry. We're sorry for ever making this place about anything other than you. God, I pray that you just forgive us. I pray that you forgive me, God. And from this day forward, Jesus, may you be the center. Amen. Come on. Now, I told you I'm not done. It's weird to, like, pray and then keep preaching. Um, There should be something troubling as we go through the Gospel of Mark, specifically this story, because the disciples are literally rolling with Jesus. They're walking with him. And maybe you guys have been in church before, and it's like, hey, man, just, you just got to get into the right space, right? Just, just get in the room. Just make sure you're there. Just get into the proximity of Jesus. But what I see in this story is I see 12 people that were closer to Jesus than anyone else, yet they missed the point. And so it made me realize something, that there's a difference between being present with Jesus and experiencing the presence of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. There's a difference between being present 
with Jesus and experiencing the presence of Jesus. Because, listen, I just thought before, like, just get them on the team. Just get them in the room. All they got to do is start serving. All they got to do is start being on the team. But what I realized is that I can be present with Jesus, but that doesn't mean I've ever experienced the presence of Jesus. Because to be present with Jesus, to be present with other believers, to be present in a room where the Holy Spirit is, does not mean that you have experienced the presence. And what the presence of Jesus is, super simple, it is Christ and Christ crucified. Now, I want to clarify this because when I say presence, a lot of us can start thinking like, is he talking about like feelings and, and goosebumps? Like that's the presence of God is goosebumps. Listen, y'all, I've watched X Factor, like Simon Cowell, and I've got goosebumps. The presence of Jesus is not goosebumps. Now, sometimes when the presence of Jesus comes, you get goosebumps, but that's not what the presence of Jesus is. The presence of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit will do, the first thing that he will do when he infills us is he will break our hearts. Because we will realize we have a Savior who died for me. A wretched, filthy, horrible person like me. Jesus died for me. And it is not until I understand my sinfulness that I can actually experience the presence of Jesus. So guess what? I can hype you guys up. But the real presence of Jesus will not be feeling good, but actually first feeling bad. And understanding, man, like how could God use someone as broken as me? You don't, you don't know what I did this week. You don't know what I looked at this week. You don't know who I thought, what I thought this week. But when I understand my sinfulness and God's holiness, and I understand that this impossible gap was bridged by Jesus, for me, that should break my heart and elevate me into the presence of Jesus. You see, the disciples were present with Jesus. But when did they actually enter into his presence? It wasn't truly until after he was crucified and he rose again. And even more so in Acts chapter 2 when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Because what happened is that all those things together, they got it. Then it's like, oh, I, I get it now. Everything he was saying before, all those teaching, all those messages, now I get it. Because now I've experienced the presence of Jesus. I'm not just present. And I, I say that to say, as a church, maybe for the last number of years you've been present, but you've never experienced the presence. I want to encourage you, say, Jesus, I need to understand your gospel. Now, I preached for 13 weeks, Galatians, about the gospel. Go back and watch it. I feel like I was kind of clear, but don't worry, I'm going to keep preaching the gospel to the day I die. That's why I'm here. But it is the, the only thing that can change you. Listen to this. It's not a relationship series. It's, it's not a podcast. It is the gospel of Jesus. It is the cross and Christ crucified. That's what gets us into the presence of Jesus. I need a robust understanding. Because here's our second core value. But the only way this core value becomes a reality is that if you are living in the presence of Jesus. Super simple, we say this. We say generosity is our privilege. It's an honor to serve God. Generosity is my privilege. It is an honor that I get to serve Jesus. This is the mindset we must have as we move forward. Because if we are living in obligation as opposed to devotion... Obligation can last for a while. It can last for a season. You can guilt people for a really long time. 
No, 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 listen, listen, listen. I know there are people that grew up in church and the primary message they heard was guilt. And you've actually been motivated for like 30 plus years because you're scared. Can I tell you today, you want to shift, move from obligation to devotion. And devotion is found where? Same place, the cross of Jesus. I'm devoted to the one who gave everything for me. And when I realized there was nothing that I could do as a sinful person to ever come into the presence of God, that breaks me, that shapes me. And then I begin to say, Jesus, I just want to serve you. Generosity is my privilege. It's an honor to serve God. And so I kind of want to just do a quick little heart check real quick. To see, like, hey, am I, am I present or have I experienced the presence? So here's just a couple of things that come to mind. It's going to be on the screen. So if I'm present... I say things like, I volunteer here. I volunteer at Kingdom Church. I volunteer at the, the mustard seed. If I've experienced his presence, my mindset is, man, I serve Jesus. I don't, I don't serve anywhere. I don't serve any, I serve Jesus. That's it. I don't, what do you mean volunteer? I don't volunteer. I volunteer for my kid's field trip. I serve Jesus. If I'm present, when it comes to my time, my talent, my treasures, I say, I have to give. I know God requires that I have to give. If I've experienced his presence, I get to give. Hold on, Harrison. You're telling me that I can actually give something to a holy God, a God that has everything. I can actually give him something? Yes. You can give him your all, your praise, your worship. Romans chapter 12 says, live, live your life as a living sacrifice. That is true and proper worship. I can give something to a holy God. That's amazing. I have to give? No, no. You, God doesn't need anything. I mean, I have, no, you get to give. <laughs> Here's the last one I'm going to share. If I've just been present, I'm important. I'm really important. You know how much I give to this church? I'm important. Come on. You, I, I'm not the only one that's felt this way. Yeah, I've, you don't know how many times I've served here since we started this church. Woo-hoo. But what does the presence do? The presence says I'm a sinner saved by grace. That's it. You know, um, growth track, uh, Andrell, man, faithful servant, me and him have taught it a bunch of times, and um, Amy's been teaching it. But one of the things that we used to say, we used to say, man, we're all about gift-based ministry. Like, we want to put you in your giftedness. We're never going to beg someone to do something. We want you to get in your gift. Now, I still do believe that, like, we want to put you in a place that you're gifted. Um, and you better believe I'll never beg anyone to do anything. But We've kind of shifted our language because at the end of the day, like, I really don't want you to serve when you think it's about you. And so kind of what we say now is like, hey, if there's a gift that matches up with there's something that you can do, a position that matches with your gift, like, we're going to put you there if we can. But here's who we really want. We want the person that says, I don't care what it is. I just want to serve. I don't care if anyone sees me. I don't care if anyone compliments me. I don't care if, if I don't think this is important. I'm serving Jesus. And if I'm serving the king of kings, the name above every other name, I don't need to be seen. I'm serving the king. 
Listen, give me a willing person, not a gifted person. Because God will use the willing person. I can find a thousand gifted people. And so how do we get there? We just got to shift past feeling. Listen, too many of us base everything off feeling. Especially when I say presence, presence, presence. You're like, feel, 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 emotion, emotion, emotion. No, no, no. It is a legit understanding. Body, mind, soul, spirit, my whole being. Understanding the gospel of Jesus. I'll, I'll kind of explain it like this. I was at a pastor's gathering a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was really weird. I don't know why, but um, every single song, like, I just felt nothing. Just zero. And, like, man, it's a bunch of my friends. They're really good at worship. Uh, but I just I didn't feel anything. And I'm like, God, am I alive? Like, what's going on? But as the songs came on, as, um, just listening to the lyrics and the bridges, as I felt nothing, I kept asking myself a question. I said, is this true? Is this true? Because if Jesus reigns, then I'm a, I'm a praise. It doesn't really matter what I'm feeling. And so for a lot of us in this room, it's not a matter of getting your feelings in check. Maybe it's a matter of getting your head in check. And saying, is this true? Did Jesus really die for me? And when that truth gets into your head, guess what? The heart always follows. But there's times and seasons where I got to shift back and forth. Sometimes I have to lean more emotionally than I do my head. I tell Brayden, can I confess to the church? I have, I have days where I'm like, I, I wonder if Jesus is real. You guys ever have that? Just me? Pray for me, Pastor. But I have those days. I'm like, what if this whole, like, is this whole thing real? And I just, what I have to do in those moments is I have to really lean on my feelings sometimes because my head's not acting right. And so what I do, and I encourage you guys to do this, is have stories. Have stories of the faithfulness of God. One of the things, and I, I didn't plan on sharing this, but I'm going to share it. When God called me into ministry, now I share a lot, like I'm on assignment and God speaks and um, I do believe that God speaks through his Holy Spirit, but um, the Holy Spirit doesn't always speak clearly to me, at least. It's deciphered, coded through songs, messages. Um, but there's times in my life where God has spoke clear. And one of the very clearest times that God ever spoke to me was when I, when I got called into ministry. And I had just this whole revelation, this whole moment, and I knew I was going to be going to ministry. Um, but then I kind of just ignored it for like three, four months. Um, and what happened, I was working at summer camp. And um, I was in a field late at night because I had a friend who said, hey, listen, like God speaks. Just see what he says. And um, to this day, it's still the clearest God's ever spoken to me. Um, I just, I cried out to God and I just said, God, like when it comes to the call of ministry, I said, God, I said, I'm scared. That was, I said, God, I'm scared. And the clearest God ever spoke to me, he said, don't be. That's it. He said, don't be. One more story. I don't. I'm going to bring it back to the sermon somehow. Before we started the church, I cried out to God one more time. This is four or five years ago. I said, God, I'm scared. And he said, don't be. Clearest times God has spoken. And so in moments, right in my head doesn't really want to catch up. In my heart, in my heart, I know that the Lord spoke to me. And so i got to lean on that got to lean on that. And so for us, when it comes to the presence of Jesus, we need to find those moments where sometimes it's my head, sometimes it's my heart. 
But at the end of the day, if generosity is not my privilege, if I'm not honored to serve God, I got to check something out. I got to do it a good deep, a, a deep dive into my spirit, into my soul. But I have good news. Because, like, man, Harrison, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm present or I've experienced the presence. The good news is this. The disciples of Jesus, the ones we read about, Peter, James, John, they were present for a while, too. But it just takes a moment to enter into the presence. It just takes a moment. That's it. And so if you're like, I'm just present, everything can shift in a moment. In a moment. So Mark chapter 9, 35, it says, sitting down, Jesus called the disciples, the 12, and he said to them, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. You see, greatness in the world, it's money, it's followers, it's fame, it's recognition. Kingdom culture, it's just serve. It's just serve. Can I tell you something? If you're not serving, you're out of alignment. It's as simple as that. Uh, this might offend people, but I'm here to speak. There's no off seasons in the kingdom of heaven. Like Harrison, I, I worked hard for eight months. I'm taking a three-month break. Now you can ramp down in certain areas, but your life is built on service. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. He says, you want to be something, be the very last and the servant of all. Now, in, in church context, I think we understand the servant part. <laughs> the other part we kind of skipped over is the last. You got to be the servant in the last. <laughs> what does it mean to be last? Well, sometimes the person in the last is despised. Sometimes the person in the last, no one notices. Sometimes the person in the last doesn't get compliments. Sometimes they get critiques. I was talking to someone on our team this week that's doing some things for our church, and she kind of faced some pushback. And she's like, man, I want to give up. I just want to be a janitor or something easier than this. And I just said, I said, the moment you begin to take ground for the kingdom of heaven, you better believe there's going to be pushback. I know you love to serve. And I didn't say this. I'm going to say it now. They, can, they, know, who, they know who they are. I know you love to serve, but you need to love to learn, learn to be last. Because we can serve, but you got to learn to be last. And sometimes that means you're going to get trampled on. Sometimes that means people won't appreciate what you do. But we serve like Jesus. What happened to him? Crucified. Killed. You expect something different? So here's the last point under generosity. We say it like this. We say we are kingdom builders. The mission is bigger than me. Listen, y'all, we're kingdom builders. The mission is bigger than me. I'm preaching to me right now. The mission of Jesus is bigger than me. The mission of Jesus is bigger than you. And so, God, whatever it is you would ask me to do, Jesus, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm, I'm just sharing things with you guys today. I don't know if this is a sermon or what. But another thing that God just said to me, because I need a good reminder. I wrote this down a couple years ago. I just wrote down this. I said, if no one ever sees me, 
If no one ever knows my name, that's okay. Because Jesus sees me, and he knows my name. Guys, what's happening to me? (laughs) Jesus sees you, and Jesus knows your name. And that's all that matters. That's all the recognition we need. That's it. Jesus sees you. Jesus knows your name. Let's build his kingdom. Can we build his kingdom, church? He knows my name. Come on, somebody. So I'm going to be generous just for that. My finances, they're not my own. My time is not my own. My talent is not my own. I'm building, I'm building Jesus' kingdom. I want to just finish just with a, a passage of scripture because what better way to finish in the word? Philippians chapter 2, Paul says it like this. Paul says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. Man, I'm, I'm praying this over our church. Being of one mind, of one spirit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your own relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature with God, did not consider equality with God as something to use to his advantage. Rather, Jesus made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearances of man, he humbled himself. Come on, how many of us need to be humbled today? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Can we just stand, church? We still got a few more weeks of this, but this is who we are as a church. This is not who we're striving to be. This is who we are. We're a generous church where Jesus is our center. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to make an appeal. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, I don't know if I've ever made Jesus the center. If that's you today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I would just love for, for you to just raise your hand in just, in just a second. I want to pray for you. You're just saying, Jesus, I want to make you the center. I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to give you my heart, my devotion, my emotion. I want to give you everything, Jesus. If that's you, could you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, I just pray today that someone move from being present to entering into your presence. From life, from death, I should say, to life. God, I just thank you for this church. I just thank you for what you're building. God, I just pray as we head to the new season, to the next season, that you just prepare us, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your mighty, your holy, your awesome name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message. We hope it blessed you and that you're encouraged and inspired. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and we would love to connect with you. Be blessed as you continue your week.